0: To of the it- Ladies and gentlemen, after our very like after our previous session, um, this is gonna be the first night ever that we've done consecutive episodes. Welcome to another episode of the Anatomy Podcast. And tonight we have a band returning to the podcast, which is always fun. That means uh there's a mutual liking well enough to uh, bring it to that level. Tonight we have The Human Tragedy returning, that being Sam, from the initial episode uh, for this band returning, and it was a great, it was awesome to have him on last time, it's great to have him back, and then we have uh, their vocalist as well, on board tonight to tell his story and to help us dissect the legacy of extermination lyrically later in session. So, for those of you who are not familiar, even though we are now 45 episodes at least into this series. Um, we have the first half being for the people. We learn about everything that they feel needs to be shared or could be shared regarding their background and their journey into being a musician, um, participating in the various creative mediums. And then this, in the second half, um, we will be, like I said before, uh, dissecting lyrically their most recent, their most relevant record, and kind of learning as much as we can more about the band itself. So, Sam, Johnny, how you get, How you boys doing tonight? Doing all right. Good.
1: Yeah, good. man, I'm good.
0: Fantastic. And, I mean, it's it's pretty cold down here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, but it's only 51 degrees right now, and it's slightly raining. Is it pretty cold up where you guys are right now?
1: Uh, it's about the same, maybe a few degrees colder.
0: Cool. Yeah, I mean, at least it's not, like, dangerously cold, or at least you guys aren't, like, you know, being uh, um, buried in by snow and stuff, because I definitely would not know how that is. Born and raised yeah. in Arizona, like, we d- didn't really have that, so...
1: <laughs> that um, I grew up in South Texas, so I didn't see snow until I moved here.
0: Oh, shit, there you go. Well, I mean, after all, we have learned um, about Sam's story quite a bit, So, basically, we'll be jumping right over into Johnny's story, and we will be um, basically going from as early as possible, as he wishes, and um, we will be learning everything important to him as a musician, so you may start whenever you are ready, sir.
1: Cool, man. Um, Well, like, I've always been infatuated with music, Um, there's like pictures of me as a kid that my mom used to have like when I was wearing snake skin boots and a little cowboy shirt <laughs> and I was running around with a little acoustic guitar singing Garth Brooks and shit. But, um, as that progressed, you know, like started kind of finding music on my own. That kind of started with like the, the grunge scene and Nirvana Soundgarden, and stuff like that. And then slowly progressed into heavier stuff. Found Metallica, Megadeth, Pantera. And it just kind of spiraled from there. And, um, Before I moved to Kentucky, because I moved to Kentucky when I was 16. Like I said, I'm originally from Texas, just south of Houston. And um, I had some friends, and we were like, started to get instruments and started to learn how to play. We're like, we're going to start a death metal band. And I had this big idea, and none of it ever came to fruition, but I still had the same drive when I moved here. And um, so I started my first band. This would have been like early 2001. And that was um, Destroying Angel. And apparently there's a band that's called that now that's actually gotten some recognition. And I got the initials tattooed on my arm, so it's going to look kind of stupid.
0: <laughs> oh, boy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of always started uh, with vocals then. I just played vocals. I started playing guitar when I was 13 and kind of picked up bass here and there. But I've always been really a vocalist at heart. And... Um, Mainly the influences would be like corpse grinder and bands of that nature. Morbid Angel was a huge influence. Cannibal Corpse, obviously. Moving on later, like Travis Ryan, really became kind of a a leading like icon for me to kind of work around and base stuff off of. Um. So that was Destroying Angel. Years later, you know, that band breaks up and then we get... I still stay with a couple guys and we start a different band playing. Never really do anything much with that. Um, Then, what was it? There was a band called Rooker Assassins around Nicholasville and I played bass for them for a little while. And uh, when that band broke up, the singer for that band and myself, Started a band where we were both lead vocalists. Oh, shit. And that was called Behind the Beheaded. And we were, oh, yeah. So we, um, we kind of got like some local recognition for a little while. We were together probably like, I don't know, at the end, probably eight, nine years. I can't Gotta really ask. remember. I smoke a lot of weed, man. It's hard for me to remember dates. And
0: shit. <laughs> That's okay.
1: Um, but from Behind the Beheaded, we, we tried to do a name change when we had a big, uh, We had a big, like, transition where we lost some members and gained some new ones. So we kind of tried to rebrand ourselves, and it didn't work. And um, after that, I wasn't really doing much. And then Sam hit me up and asked if I wanted to play in this project. And that was back, what was that, Sam, like 2013, 2014? That was probably July, August of 13. Okay. Yeah, so then... um, had, they had some music ready to go, and so I just wrote the lyrics and recorded it, and then um, we played together for a little while, did some shows and stuff, and it's it was kind of um, pretty hard to make happen where we were so spread out back then. I didn't have my own wheels, then I was relying on a girlfriend. Mm. Uh, I actually blew up a vehicle going down there to the studio one time. That was a lot of fun. Oh I God.
2: I remember that I uh, remember that you parked at that old Shell Mart there right off Fifteen.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to deal with after that weekend. But um, so I ended up leaving, and then I was in another band called Creature of Exile, which I'm still affiliated with, and you know we're still doing stuff, slowly. Um, but then things progressed, and Sam asked me to come back. After some time, I was like, let's not use bass tracks live, and I'll just learn the songs and play bass and do vocals. So now here we are.
0: Hello? Okay. Okay. I know I can be heard now. Okay. My mic was having issues. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fair to say right off the bat that you've had your hand in just... Like, being a part of bands, being a part of projects, and no matter what, over time, you've always seemed to triumph and you just kind of continue moving on. You try to find, like, the next best opportunity, which is always great. Um, As a musician in the modern world, it's always very important, as I've uh, observed from other artists, whether they're well-established in some of the biggest record labels on the in the heavy music world or if they're just completely independent but they have a following like it jumps around so much as far as the circumstances uh, with um, reception community following with these bands but one thing has prevailed above all else and it's just applying yourself it's getting yourself involved with music it's participating as much as possible in the art medium that you want to put yourself in because if you're just like daydreaming right about joining a band maybe like me in junior high and high school you're doing like chicken scratch logos and you're like this would be a pretty cool band but i don't have right yeah (laughs) like it doesn't really go for me yeah and i mean i I got a i'm sorry no you're good you're good um i Sorry, <laughs> there seems oh, to be yeah. a little bit of a, a lag there. But, um, you know, it just started all with that. But at, as soon as you get done with that, you know, you just got to con- continue applying yourself. You got to learn a couple instruments, which I should take my own advice in that, in that statement. Because I'm trying to do bass, but I do not know shit on bass compared to what I could for the music I'm trying to write. Um, but it all starts with that. It all starts with that daydreaming. It all starts with that ambition. Some people might call it naivety. Just like oh, I want to be in a band. Right, well, is That's it going fine. to pay the bills? You know that type of shit. It's always that conversation with your loved ones and your parents. Like your your your. Oh. So, I wouldn't say I was going to say superiors. But I'm just like, uh, the adults I have that you're surrounded with. <laughs> right no seriously it's it's a whole process it's a whole process but it all starts with just chicken scratch logos man and then if you find the right people if you get lucky then you get to be in a band with your friends if not you kind of have to talent scout and be like hey i know some shit but i really just want to do vocals (laughs) you know what i mean Right. right and yeah with that in mind like so you you mentioned that you've done bass for bands before. You've dabbled in guitar since you were about thirteen. So I definitely do have to ask the question, or I, f- I feel it's you know it's an urge. Um, have you ever like ended up helping uh, the boys in the Human Tragedy uh, write like guitar riffs or write bass lines and stuff for the material?
1: Not yet, but moving forward, I plan on being part of the writing process.
0: Badass. Okay, and I mean. Yeah, the more again, the more you apply yourself to the project, then also the more integrated and the and the more personal the project feels to you. Because I mean, let's face it, me as a vocalist, for example, or a vocalist and lyricist for a project with one song out and everything except instruments is done by me, like woo. But um, it's like you you got you gotta you want to become a part. You you got to become more part of it. Otherwise, it's like, mm, what what are you doing for the project? Like, are you doing the business side? Yeah. No, not really. I'm just kind of I just write lyrics and do, you know, vocals and you just the front it's the front man syndrome, right? It's like right you, you think of like the vocalists over time who are just kind of doing that. They're just kind of hanging out instead of like really practicing or something. It's the same thing. So um I digress, getting a little bit too deep into it, but <laughs> it's the truth after all. Um, the the comment that you had before, Johnny. I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, do you remember where oh, you did. last left off?
1: Um, no, I was just gonna say, you know, it started with you know sitting around and just like having a notebook full of lyrics that have never been put to songs, and you know, right now, like you said, drawing out the logos and stuff. And I remember I would get in trouble at school because I'd sit there and be writing fucking gore lyrics instead of you know doing algebra or whatever the hell I was doing. So, yeah, it was definitely a lot of just that whole childish, you know, daydreaming of being a rock star and, you know, opening for Morbid Angel or something crazy like that. And So, you know, it was a lot of that, you know, I didn't know it then, but, you know, doing the things that I was doing was in a way manifesting what I was going to do later.
0: Right. No, I I completely agree. And it, you know, it all just starts with the daydream, but then you got to put, you got to turn that daydream into reality. You know, you got to have that ambition and push forward. You got to make time, not excuses. Exactly. I like, I like this guy. He knows exactly <laughs> what I mean.
2: I see what you did there. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, you know, while we have him in session, um, I definitely wanted to to have uh, Sam jump in a little bit. Because, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about uh, a little bit about Johnny's story before, have we not?
2: uh a little bit yes uh i explained you know how we met up and how how it all came to be
0: right exactly so i mean we we have yeah we have gone back on that here and there and you know thank you sam uh for previously like mentioning that part of the story and now here we are you know connection um this is a this is a sequel (laughs) podcast episode or something Mm -hmm. um really really fun and again thank you guys for deciding to uh jump back on the podcast because this this is indeed a really cool band um i know that this band is going to be making more moves one day um and really soon with you guys like already uh announcing and stuff that you know you plan to do more in 2023 i'm like fuck yeah they're coming back let's go so let's yeah, see. we can't do right <laughs> i mean that's how it should be man if if, if if you're in a stalemate, if you're in a standoff for too long, then you kind of like lose the traction, and you lose the momentum. Funny enough that I was talking with uh, Shiva, our last guest about, is just like, you got to keep going and you can't stop. Otherwise, things are going to like fall off or things are at least going to be stale for a little bit. And nobody wants to be in a Mexican standoff, just like doing that forever. You got to <laughs> keep moving forward. <laughs> so let's see. You, you've you mentioned um, here and there Johnny, your uh, your vocal inspirations and stuff that being Corpse grinder, Travis Ryan, uh, the vocalist of morbid angel. So speaking on behalf of your background with guitar and bass, I was looking to inquire, looking to ask you, looking to pry a little bit as much as possible comfortably um, about what ended up like really getting you into guitar, maybe some guitarist and bassist or just instrumentalists that have helped you uh, keep trekking, with those efforts over time?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, hands down, that goes to Pantera. You know, I know that there's all the modern controversy over Phil's ridiculous antics and things like that, but, you know, he he's consistent, at least, at being full of antics. But, um, yeah, definitely Dimebag, man. Like, Pan- seeing Pantera when I was 16 absolutely changed my life, so... So it was a hot summer's day and outside of Houston at Houston Raceway Park and they came out on stage and just blew my mind into the ether. Like it was just yeah. Hands down that that was the number one band. And then I found other it, there was bands like Anthrax and Testament and Slayer. Right. Like that was all what I was finding at the time. So, you know, Jeff Hanneman was a huge influence on as far as guitar goes and It was really bands like that that kind of spun me and sent me off in the direction that I went.
0: Exactly. Sweet. And it's awesome to hear, man. It's awesome to dig a little bit more where we can uh, concerning your background as not only a vocalist, man, as not only a lyricist, but also an instrumentalist. And I love the fact, I love to hear that you are planning to uh, contribute to the writing process in the future with guitar and bass like that should be really cool and i hope to hear that kind of like emerging and just kind of creeping its way through the music because that's always fun it's always fun to uh hear when members of a project are like trying to just become more involved like that just makes the music more passionate it adds more soul it adds more perspective um it adds Absolutely. a new tone you know to the music yeah, itself. more
1: yeah, you just get like a more organic, unique thing because of all the extra influence from multiple people putting in their ideas.
0: Exactly. Um, let's see. So you're a guitar guy. You're a bass guy. Um, what's your favorite riff?
1: <laughs> My favorite riff? Fuck, man. <laughs> um, for, probably for nostalgic purposes, man, I'll have to go with like the the verse riff from Mouth for War. That was like the first song that I really got into and like learned how to play the whole riff, like almost all the way through the entire song, minus the solo, of course. But yeah, definitely right. the verse riff from Mouth for War.
0: Badass. And uh, we also have joining in the chat with us, Mr. Jonathan Barnett. Welcome to the party, baby. Good to have you on. Yeah, it's good to be here. Sweet. What up, JB? i
1: much man How you doing? Uh,
0: kicking it. we're all kicking it man it's it's a lovely it's a lovely uh night here in the eastern united states nice and cold but um that being said uh johnny i was looking to go ahead and pluck off of you then five different albums artists or people that have really helped you contribute everything creatively to what you do in the human project thus far the pressure is on
1: <laughs> yeah uh, iron maiden they they just have always been near and dear to my heart as well um i've already talked enough probably about pantera and dimebag being huge <laughs> influences um we'll go for like um people that I look up to as far as being lyricist, and I would have to say, this as far as his writing, not necessarily his sound, and I would have to say Danny Philth. I love the way he writes lyrics. Um, he just, like, paints wonderful paintings with words, and so I really respect that. Um, Mike Patton, I would say, as far as a vocalist also, he's just... can do everything. Um, I don't know... I know I already mentioned Travis Ryan that's pretty yes. influential. Um to go for some like non-metal stuff as well like um I love Dr. Hook man uh, a band from the 70s they are just like they had a very wide spectrum of styles of songs that they wrote and <clears> it was <throat> really groovy. Um and uh I, I think know, you
0: man. got 4 down. I think there's one more to go.
1: Okay. I mean, there's just so many.
0: Too many to count. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it, it, you could you could find something for someone in, in any capacity too. So
0: yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, you forgot to mention. Uh, I'll, anything, give, I'll give. some new. I'll you give. I'll give a anything about periphery. He loves periphery. I, I,
1: I don't really listen to them though. That might be my mistake, but I don't know. They, they just never really scratched that itch for me.
0: I mean, dude, there are so many hundreds of bands in the world, man, and like so many yeah. hundreds that like try to harness that same sound. So it's like, you know, you well, think of Periphery and you can also think of like August Burns Red, Fit for a King, Beartooth. Like, I'll, what,
1: I'll, I'll give a, I'll give a newer band some love. I mean, they've been around for a while, but they're really starting to gain traction with like Shadow of Intent, man. Like, ooh. And then, is a hell of a vocalist i love what he does
0: dude absolutely man shout out of intent shout out to them so that was johnny's johnny martin's contributions to the anatomy podcast allowing us to dig a little bit more into his background learn about him as a vocalist as well to my surprise via the session as a guitarist and bassist thank you johnny martin for going um for sharing everything with us and Absolutely. now that we have good old JB in chat, I was learning to dig into your background, learn your story. That way we have your perspective on the human tragedy here on the podcast. So my friend, um, if you would basically just introduce us uh, to yourself, um, let us know and like provide insight to the listeners on where you were born, where you grew up, um, your role in the band for starters, and then we'll go from there.
3: Um born and raised Hazard, Kentucky. That's I've traveled a lot but never lived outside of here but once. Um as far as what I do in the band, they they send me a song and I record it. Uh they want tracks laid down, I make them, and that's that's what I do with this band.
0: Hell yeah, dude.
3: How I got associated with it sitting next to me. We've been a part of several projects over the years. And um yeah, I mean, I've been a musician now for 30 years, probably longer than these guys. Um, started playing key- keyboards at uh, 17. So I just kind of keep growing best I can. Started out with trombones and trumpets and kind of progressed into where I'm at now.
0: Badass, man. And I mean, let's go ahead, if anything, and obviously thank you for uh, the the starting segment introducing us to yourselves much appreciated but let's go ahead and take it as far back as you are willing to i mean you have 30 years which is nuts like i don't even have a decade worth of musical like endeavors or experience or investment just deep diving into what music is i mean i i barely did beginning guitar i got to intermediate guitar at the very least and then after that Like I told Johnny before, it was just, it all started with chicken scratch shit. It all started with the logos and I'm like, I want to be in a band. And they're like, okay, learn an instrument. And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) So if anything, if you would do us a favor, go as far back as you're willing to. And just kind of like, tell us as much as you wish to about everything relevant to your journey, becoming a musician and getting to your point. Now you may take it away and take as much time as you wish to.
2: One thing he won't say: He was born. He was born coming out playing scales. So he <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just came out the womb, man.
1: Piano
0: and
1: <laughs> <Went> all. <on>. Somebody's <laughs> got to put some to our
0: madness. <laughs> yeah, legit, dude. So yeah, um, you may take it away, sir.
3: Yeah, like I can say it started out with trombone. Um, I actually started out helping with the high school band. Um, No instrument, just kind of running around doing whatever they needed to be done. Um, My sister was in high school band. That's how I got into it. And once I was able, I picked up a trombone um, because nobody wanted me to play it. So I decided I would. And um, once there, I started picking up percussion and marimbas and pianos and trumpets and baritones and tubas and I just wanted to keep growing. I just wanted to keep playing more things. And and I found them fun. And somewhere along the line, after, you know, I, I did state marching band stuff where we won state titles and did national titles and all that stuff. That was a lot of fun and a lot of work. But when I found a piano, I found something that really gave me the ability to change who I was because um, I've started learning something, and this is where I differ from my brothers here. To me, music is all numbers. Every Everything is relative. Um, your ones, threes, five, six, and sevens, they're all the same in Western music anyways. Right. And when somebody, when somebody says, you know, I want, I look at somebody and say, give me the one, four, five, six, two, and three. And what I'm saying is give me the tonic, uh, four and the five major, the six minor, two minor, three minor, and we'll resolve back on the on the one. Right. And when Sam gives me a track, for instance, I'm listening to it. We just we
2: just we just give you the one and five, right? Yeah, they just give me you know <laughs> the easy stuff, the open and then the power chord, and that's it. And I just you know
3: I, I'm able to piece things together mathematically more so than I am sonically right um cuz you know I went to college on a trombone scholarship messed that up but that was fun um yeah. love jazz love blues that's where I got started and um, yeah. the, the the truth of the matter is to be in a band like this you're you perpetually mess up life and you it, it kind of brings you back to ground zero it's like man I screwed that up let me let me go make another track and, uh, hey, peace, what's up? And, you know, music, music to me is something different because, how do I say this? Everybody talks about they love it. Everybody talks about how it's been desire for them. Music is something that I bleed. And I don't know how to explain that to people. But when I'm in a bad mood, I sit down at my at my piano and I write something out. The best thing Sam knows to do is piss me off when I'm writing a daggone song for him. Make me mad. <laughs> he thinks I don't know this stuff. Piss him off, get him going, get him laughing, get him mad at me. And then that, that aggression starts coming out. Right. And that's just the way I write. You can ask him a th- thousand times, he'll say, Write me something, and he'll get, I had the track sit in my lap for a month. <laughs> and it's just sitting there. You know, I'm kind like Hans Zimmerman that way. I'm a procrastinator. Mm. And. Then he'll he'll come by the house. He walks in the door. I'm pissed off immediately, and he says, "I tried to track doing it," and he can sit here and deny, 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 and wants to, but
2: the smirk on his face will tell you otherwise.
1: <laughs> it sounds weird. about right.
2: <laughs> it's it's weird how it happens because there's some stuff that we haven't we haven't put out yet, and like and the songs that I think will take him the longest to do, like the nine minute songs. He'll breeze through it in about twelve hours, but like like but some sort of like pop arrangement song with like four or five riffs, we'll spend three days on it.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah. it's
2: weird. It's weird. It's Part true. Of the, of it. the, the 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 most challenging thing for for, for me and uh, as far as like when I try to write with James or whoever it is, is like try not to repeat ourselves because he gets bored <laughs> with the one in five. <laughs> so that's why i'm always trying to just add like more f- flavor and influence a- as i can because just it ma- makes it more interesting and it keeps them from being bored and it keeps him from repeating himself right i've i've told a person or two in my lifetime to change it up because i'm bored
3: um we're not, we're not gonna mention i don't mention names <laughs> No, but great, if, I'm, if, if I'm not involved, if I don't want to be involved, I'm not going to be. And what I mean by that is if you send me something and I'm bored with it, it's going to come out that I'm bored with it. Right. That's what you're going to hear. Um, but if you give me something that makes me think, you know, makes makes my brain go somewhere else. Like I love something that Jim's always done. He'll go from that one to the race third. And most people don't know what I'm talking about, but he'll, he'll, go, or he'll go from the sixth. So that raised third part of it. And it's just like, wow, there's that lift, you know, it's, it's going diminished, but it's still that lift that most people don't put out there. Right
2: here. And, and here's one thing how, you know, uh, the, I've been, he, cause Johnny always asked me, how come we have so many fucking tunings? I'm like, we do the different tunings. but it keeps him from being bored. <laughs> a a sharp, G, G sharp, you know, drop standard tunings. It, it just,
0: it's just different colors right
1: and it's it's great for the studio it makes it hard for live yes
0: for <laughs> <laughs> right and the thing is too like with with jb's mindset it's like this constantly allows you guys to just really really ch- make different songs every time and bands will have formulas bands will try to forge their sound right they'll try to forge their identity but it's based off of like a previous track right the pr- the impression I'm getting here is that no matter the situation, it will be it will be a the the human tragedy, right? If it ends up being interesting first, the JB that bounces off of you guys, and then it, it just creates this epic music that you guys have made so far, namely with the Legacy of Extermination. I I admit I haven't listened to anything before that up to this point because there are now like dozens of bands simultaneously reaching out to me to check out their shit so um that with that in mind it's like you guys are constantly just having to try new things and you're having to try new things on behalf of someone who has as much music theory and musical uh inclination as he seems to have which is really really cool and it makes for intelligent music as well um JB, I don't know if you were meaning to, um, to to continue, but I'm sure you have plenty more to discuss. And I'm I'm very intrigued to hear this. <laughs> uh,
3: basically, it's um, – how do I say this? They, I'll, I'll get sent a guitar track and a drum track. And I'll listen to it, and I'll listen to it, and I'll listen to it, and I'll record, and I'll record. And at some point, I'll say, wipe all that out of there. I don't like it. And, but you mentioned Legacy of extermination that was one of those songs where I was actually able to do exactly what I wanted and if you pay if you pay attention to it and what I, what I mean by that is they don't tell me not to do things that's not what I'm right. saying. I'm saying I've always wanted to do this big epic uh 1980s Universal Studios uh sound and at one point in that track I got to do it I didn't realize it at the moment. Until I had that French wonder do that wah wah wah, and I said, "Man, yeah. I, I can see that Universal logo just coming around the earth. You know, <laughs> like, that's so cool." No, and, it's not nice. Uh, yeah, and as long as I can, as long as I can stay enter- entertained in it, I'll write to it. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's been some tracks Sam has brought me over the years, and I just tell him, "No, <laughs> like I'm not doing it." If
2: right. He, and, and he's had other people do those tracks. And that's fine. My feelings aren't hurt.
1: vetoed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, now, to be fair, the tracks that he's not wanted to do they haven't been tragedy tracks. Just, just, just that's that true. Up. That that is that, true. That that's this is clear that up. Right. Yeah, that was never the band here.
1: Another disclaimer about the human tragedy is any of the uh recordings before Legacy of Extermination is not me on vocals.
0: Okay. Understood. it out there. Sweet, awesome, and I mean, either way, you know, just for the sake of homework, definitely have to listen to uh, the previous uh, uh, installments on the Human Tragedies discography. That's a mouthful, <laughs> but definitely um, a solid band. You guys have an interesting logo, and I mean, the music it speaks for itself. Just like JB said, you can you can hear <laughs> the universal logo spinning around the planet. Um, it just has that cinematic epicness to it and just like epicness uh. but you know it in all seriousness it does um and that's really what this genre needs i feel and it, it's funny that johnny martin mentioned earlier a shadow of intent that's definitely one of those bands i think that is if not already working to accomplish that type of sound that theater friendly sound that sound or that music that could be behind a future fucking reboot of lord of the rings or something you know that type of that's that's really what makes music so great nowadays is that with the world of entertainment at large it seems that more and more companies more and more individuals bigger faces in those in that industry they seem to be more open to welcoming that type of music. Not as much as we would hope, but they're getting there. We're getting there for sure. We're climbing that ladder. We're getting up that staircase to the temple that is that connection. So that's always great to think about. And therefore Absolutely. the future is bright, even if it's like dark, gloomy, and gothic. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's gonna be great. And I cannot wait to uh hear these just Armageddon tracks behind these, uh behind these movies, behind these shows, whatever it could be. Um, so JB. I wanted to go ahead and ask you because obviously you're in the human tragedy now. You've dabbled in multiple instruments and piano is really like what helps you uh, uh, kind of like focus in, hone in on your musical efforts or at least that's the impression I've received so far uh, regarding Mm -hmm. the human tragedy. Were there any other projects that you were involved in uh, before this one?
3: Um, Do you want to go into that? i'll keep it quick we were in part of a project called a cold sleep a long time ago mm. and you know I've, as far as playing with other bands i've not really done it i mean i played at a bar a couple of years there but that's just Woo. trying to, yeah trying to make some money <laughs> you know i got a little change in my pocket you know oh, going oh, yeah. playing, you know. <laughs> and uh you know i've done all that stuff that's that's all fun um the truth about the piano and you know i'll I'll say this really quick what happened is i realized at one point in time in life i'm bipolar and what the piano let me do was take my mood and adjust it no yes he wouldn't he he would never believe that um but you know (laughs) if i'm in a bad mood music helps me get through it and that's hard to do on a trombone right you're you're not playing chords. You're not making progressions. It's a linear note. And you're and you're pissing off all the neighbors here because you're so loud in the house. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't care about neighbors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you go, you go, boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, you know,
3: I, I don't I'm give sorry a if you're, if you're, neighbors. If you're watching, I, won't, I won't. I'm not sorry. I'm. I'm. But you sorry, know, sorry,
1: not sorry.
0: Yeah,
3: just <laughs> get over it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: But it's no, no plugs. Yeah. Great merch idea, by the way. <laughs> earplugs plugs. The human plugs. <laughs> the human plugs.
0: <laughs> That'd be funny.
3: You know, I, I, uh, I, was, I just love what I do. Right. And, you know, I've done other projects with Sam. Um, he's the only reason I'm doing this. Right. I've never done, uh, I've never played mm-hmm. a violin track in my life till... He got me back from being homeless, right? And uh, I didn't—I knew I didn't know what a VST was. I didn't know what a sample was. I didn't know anything. And he said he needed a keyboard player for a metal band, and I just thought you've lost your ever-loving mind. Okay, <laughs> You know, we're talking fifteen years ago, two thousand six, something like that. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. think it was a and. If you could have heard the original recordings that I
1: made, good Lord, I'm sorry for your headphones, let alone your ears. Uh, Just a quick snippet, I do believe that A Cold Sleep played with Behind the Beheaded at one show in Lexington.
2: Yes, we did. It's right there beside Al's,
1: I believe. Yeah. it was. I think it was a CPR building back then. But yes, yeah, that, so, that's
2: what it was called. I, I I never could remember the name of it.
1: Yeah, that was like in the, the peak of Behind the Beheaded days for me, yeah.
0: No, as bad as man. And I mean, I think I think Sam even mentioned that uh before in session, like just like how you guys okay. all, all ended up connecting, which is really cool. But I mean, it's been so long since that session. So it's like it's it's good to reiterate and kind of touch back up on that and also get it confirmed with the other folks behind those projects at the time. So absolutely. Um good to look back on that. So JB, uh obviously it was more or less because of Sam, right, that you ended up joining the human tragedy, and that over time, right, the music that you ended up making that you have made for this project, well, it didn't it didn't bore you, you know, it kept you entertained, it kept you stimulated. Um, were there like any other like reasons that you ended up joining joining the project? Like maybe was it uh, a pitch from Sam, just like hey, you want to join like a spooky little? project with me and like let's see where it goes. Like what what was um were were there any other reasons behind you joining the human tragedy?
2: It's all it's all in the delivery. It's how you sell it. He's
0: as yeah. aggravating as the clap. That's what it is.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and but no um it just caught my interest. Um you know over the years we've we've fought like brothers over the years. Um and you know you know what that's like probably it's like i don't want to see you for six months and go away and then <laughs> he comes back like a whip pup and somehow he works his way back in there i don't know how to explain he'll send <laughs> look me at a-
2: johnny laughing he, look at him <laughs> and uh he'll send me a message have you got anything i can track man i say, no man i don't have anything new
3: <laughs> I, I get bored myself and i start sending a message like i need something to track <laughs>
0: yeah. Just at 3 a.m. or something. Like just, Sam's like, Mother of God, dude, it's 3 a.m. Like, we'll deal with this. <laughs> it, with it really is. <laughs>
2: it really is 3 a.m. Oh. Like, anything he says after like 1 a.m. to like 7 p.m. or 7 a.m., just look over it. Look <laughs> over it. it. It's. Yeah. Just remind me
3: tomorrow because I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly
0: right. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's a pretty profound uh, di- deep dive into JB's background. Um, and I say JB because we have two Johnny slash Jonathans in chat <laughs> today, tonight. So um, before we go ahead and move on to the second half of the session, I was looking to go ahead and pluck off of you, Mr. JB, five different albums, oh. artists, or people that really have helped you harness everything you've done for the human tragedy so far.
3: Do you do you care to repeat that? You said or, right? Not and?
0: Yeah, or.
2: Okay. Imagine if you had sleep talking forever years ago. Oh, that's coming next. <laughs> um, that, that influence is coming next.
3: It's already, I've already got it la- laid out. Um, initially, I started off with the whole Batman Begins Hans Zimmer stuff. And you can you can hear it all throughout the older stuff. Um, I listen to a lot of Danny Elfman. You know
2: the big names people know. Yeah, um, it's hard to pull off John Williams with with samples. I don't even try. <laughs> um, it's impossible. Impossible. I don't even try.
3: <laughs> uh, you no, know, I'll I'll give you one that I find hilarious is a, something that kept me interested in music was Guns and Roses. Mm like when i was young people like now you look back at it, like that's kind of stupid no yeah. no offense so, if you even ever this. this uh, <laughs> no, no, don't forget
2: oscar what's, what's his last name oscar or rojo or whatever it's the guy <laughs> who uh, wrote the, the the music for the three lords of shadows games
0: okay interesting Castlevania. oh oh and i
3: found that really funny because in the first video you did or one of the first ones you did covering the album, you said it sounded like it could be a Castlevania game. Yeah, and I, I gave I gave myself a nice fist bump on that one because <laughs> that's what I'm going for. I love that sound,
0: badass and, man.
3: And you recognized it. That's so cool. Um, yeah, and as far as other influences, um, uh, Thelonious Monk, piano jazz piano player, um, absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Um, Giant Steps is a great song for you in the jazz. Um, and, you know, as far as metal, I never listened to heavy metal. I never listened to it when I met him. It just, it never, it, it, it never, nothing I listened to. Right. Uh, and I spent, I think where I didn't listen to it that much, gave me an ability to try and create my own sound. Yes. You know, um, I, I had nothing to imitate. And, If I had had something to imitate, I think I would have imitated it.
0: Right, exactly, and that—I mean, I've—I've talked with musicians before that have um, created some of the most profound uh, and pro—I would say prolific. But I found out recently that's not what I'm meaning. (laughs) Um, So (coughs) there have been bands I've musicians (laughs) I've talked with before. And they call it creative pollution. It's like when you participate in the genre that you're trying to create music for, but you participate in it so much that basically your own individuality, your own personality, your originality, when it's kind of dampened or watered down by all the bands that you listen to that's created pollution and of course for some people it's simply inspiration like oh i want to make a band very similar to a mix a detail a mix between while she sleeps make them suffer shrine of malice which is basically what i'm trying to do right now and those are three very very different projects but there are different mechanics of those that i'm trying to incorporate right so like there are people like that who more or less take inspiration but then there are other people who are like, I don't listen to any metal because I want to make metal that sounds like the Human Tragedy or Shrine of Malice, namely. Um, and that's just a whole other animal. But it's, it's definitely interesting to hear when musicians do that, because at the end of the day, they have it behind them. They have, you know, that proof that, well, I mean, I don't participate in the genre. But I appreciate all the bands and reactors or whatever that are reaching out because they're like, "Oh my gosh, you guys sound like a combination between this and that and that." And you're like, "That's cool." Never fucking listen to them, but thanks, <laughs> you know. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it it oh. creates that authentic- authenticity, and I, I love that. Well, I mean, with no disrespect
3: to other bands, no, absolutely not. When I, when I do occasionally hear something, you know, it's it's what I expect to hear. They've got, got a keyboard player. They're playing a line or two. Got a, maybe two synthetic string tracks.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's what you expect to hear. That's one reason I don't listen, because I don't want to do that. Right. Uh, and then, No disrespect to them. It's just not what I want to do. No. I have a sound I like to make. And when I'm able, that's what I want to do. Exactly.
0: No, and, I, and absolutely props to you, because I don't think really – Many musicians I know, except for you guys and um, Shrine, which are uh, buddies of mine. Love them to death and uh, hope to get them on the podcast someday. Um, Yeah, like they they kind of do this, that same thing. And I mean, they've been in the industry. Some of them have been in in the industry forever. They've been in multiple bands and that's kind of what they do. But Thank you JB for providing us five different characters as far as your primary inspirations for what you contribute to this band that being keyboard and um you said you uh you lay down tracks you like mix and master all that fun stuff too so basically the engineering I let him do all that stuff Okay. Okay. Understood. I get off
3: easy. I, I I just write forty tracks to a song, and he he gets to do all the hard work
2: putting Fuck. it all together. Fuck, I I get I, I I'm lucky if I get less than forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there you go. Like the the one uh, the newest one the hit that that well it's he tracked it a month ago, but I just finished mixing it. There's like sixty seven tracks in it. Sounds about
0: right. God damn. So one more to go. One more. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. Okay. So that has been the first half of this episode of the Anatomy Podcast. I don't name it by number because, well, editing process, man, like that's going to be a pain in the ass. Um, but we will be right back after this ad break. And we are back. Welcome to the Anatomy Podcast. This is us talking with three members of the human tragedy that being Johnny Martin, the vocalist, Sam Bray returning. From the original session, drummer, mix and masterer, all that fun stuff, the sound engineer, and then JB, keyboard, piano. Um, and uh, yeah, it's great to have them all here tonight. It's great to have this band returning to the podcast. It's always fun when we, ha- when we have returning bands because that means, well, there was a mutual sense of just like, I like this. This is fun. It's fun to talk to you. I want to come back. You know, that's that's always great. It's a conversation uh, continuer <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. but. This is the second half of this episode of the Anatomy podcast, right after our previous session with Sheba from Australia. Shout out to them. They were really, really great uh, to host on the podcast. And now, circling back to the human tragedy, that being what this episode is for, um, we have I've talked with Sam before in the previous episode about like how the human tragedy got formed. Um, if anything, though, real quick, I wanted to ask both Johnny and JB what they believe, like, the human tragedy, the name, means, and, like, their kind of interpretation of it. Go ahead.
1: Um, I guess for me, I've always kind of thought of it as a, um, instead of a self-fulfilling prophecy, being human is more of, like, a self-fulfilling curse, because we are cursed to suffer and die no matter what. And so that is the human tragedy. That's the way I look at it.
0: Sick, JB. Well,
3: as far as looking at the name, um, I would say that it is most definitely just symbolic of Sam. No, I'm kidding. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> everything I fucking touch dies.
3: <laughs> don't let him grow a garden.
2: Don't let him grow a garden. Goddamn. <laughs> Yeah,
3: we do this, in case you're wondering. Right. We, this um, as as the human tragedy, I will just consider civilization. Um, every civilization rises, every civil, every civilization falls, and eventually the Earth
0: will take itself back. Right. And therefore, the human tragedy. I like that. No matter, no matter what the
3: human does, it's going to end up in tragedy.
0: Yeah, and that's like it's always so sad to think about. Is like how uh, self destructive we have been throughout all of our history. And that's just like one history. Then there are the conspiracy theories about like Atlantis and the land of um, you and all these other previously incarnate, incarnated civilizations before like these massive floods. That's that's a whole other thing though. So no need to like <laughs> rewind so quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah. I know, just- I, I know some bands, uh,
2: they want to write stuff that's hopeful, but here at Tragedy, we like to extinguish all hope. Make sure you- <laughs> people don't have any hope
0: hey i mean it fits with the name dude it fits with the brand so there you go dark ominous castlevania-esque music um something for a darker movie soundtrack like boom bada bang the human tragedy love to hear it and um i've absolutely loved what i have heard so far with the legacy of extermination speaking of that um johnny and the rest of you gentlemen would you be willing to go under the skin of the legacy of extermination and provide uh, further insight into the record for your listeners. Um well I mean
1: and are you uh like the specifically the song
0: uh or, just like um, every song on the album really.
1: Okay. Um well some of the songs on the album are older songs from a time when I was in the band the first time and then we remixed them and I re-recorded the vocals for them and we put them on this record. Um, some of their newer tracks, uh, Legacy of Extermination is a newer track that i would written lyrics for. And um, we ended up going with that for the title track just because it was epic. And then we also had the video that went with it and everything. Right. Um, from like a concept standpoint, Legacy of Extermination, it's, it's really touching on that whole idea of the curse and the the demise of being a human, like we just discussed, and then like for me, when I wrote the lyrics, and obviously they can be interpreted any way the listener wants to, but for me, when I wrote them, it was more like an extraterrestrial superior civilization viewing what's going on here, and coming to the conclusion that the best way to save us is just to exterminate us.
2: Independent. Huh, I like the movie Independence Day,
0: yeah, badass. no, that's a great start, and I mean, I was gonna ask about the back of the book summary, but there you go, people. There's your back of the book summary, so
1: I lost audio I know I know I know, okay,
0: there you I... go. Yeah. Hey. Yay, I'm back. Okay. So <laughs> we dive into the legacy of extermination starting with track one. So it begins. What's going on here lyrically? Or is this um it's been a little bit. That's this, just this an intro. A... Intro, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in that case, um, track two, we have substance of despair. What is going on here lyrically?
1: Um, it's it's more of like that um like an internal struggle with that curse of existing. And, um, just kind of like the perspective of like never feeling like you can relax and be able to breathe that just the weight of existing and the impression of it alone is just too much to bear.
0: Not us. That's, that's obviously a great way to start the record. Just being in that mindset, realizing that the tragedy and just like the weight of everything, it's like as a human being. You, you try your best to be the a better person a good person to those who surround you but at the end of the day we all have our sins and like that's not even talking oh, okay. from a religious standpoint but like we're we're ant we're animals at the end of the day we just have more gadgets and gizmos so we're like ah fuck you bear i got a rifle and they're like oh <laughs> Like that's <laughs> that's really the only difference between us and the the planet's biggest predators is we have a freaking helicopter that we can just throw at a bear or something. Not that you should. That's, right. that's not cool. Don't 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 be throwing choppers at you know freaking grizzlies. Okay, that's not cool. Yeah, um, You might encounter
1: uh, a cocaine bear.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I was just about to mention that they might be on cocaine. Even then, well, maybe then throw a chopper at it. That that might help. But who knows? <laughs> that's funny. That uh, I. I <sighs> I can't believe that's a Tennessee local story. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> track three, being the architects. What's going on here? Is this like talking about the aliens? Is talking or introducing them? The
1: architects is really um, discussing like um, the real powers that be, not the ones that you see and are argued about on Fox and CNN, but right the real people calling the shots. The ones behind the scenes making everything happen and drinking our blood basically
0: (laughs) that's funny that you mentioned that because i'm like freemasons (laughs) the rothschilds yeah you're right on the money there it's funny (laughs) oh my god it's so fucked and i really hope they get dismantled here pretty soon but who knows how long that will take you know and even after that it's like what do we do then i'm like well just don't pretend that there are four different political parties here in the u.s when there's only one you know what i mean it's goofy as hell Right, um, but okay, so we got architects, which are is we... low key about like the Freemasons and shit, which is which is always fun, or you know, just whoever is behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Um, shadow
1: track... government basically is the yeah. way
0: to say it. Shadow oh. government that's that's the that's the healthy term because people are like, Oh, Freemasons, so watch, watch, watch what you're saying, dude. You might get taken away, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> track four being the nine servants of darkness, like that, that's a title track, dude. What about his yeah, legs? Yeah, that, <laughs> that
1: it's literally about Lord of the Rings. It's about <laughs> the Nazgul.
0: Okay, no, that's badass, dude. I mean, one way to incorporate and kind of like attribute, uh, 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 connect the human tragedy with what has inspired it. So that's that's really cool. We already talked about the title track, that being the legacy of extermination, this overarching narrative of powers higher than ourselves, controlling everything by, behind the scenes, and just creating a legacy of extermination. Everybody, please go check out the music video for that. It's done really, really well, and it's the reason that I ended up hosting this band on the podcast in the first place. It's just good shit. Go check it out. So, we move on to track Shout six. out Matt Nature. Shout out to who?
1: Matt Napier, he's the one that shot and edited the video. He's he's done a lot of great work for a lot of the bands in the area. He's really talented.
0: Sweet. Shout out to Matt Na- blah, blah, blah. Matt Napier then. Yeah. Sweet. Track six, we have Beneath Moonlight, which is like, this already sounds so gothic, bro, but I love it.
1: Yeah. Um. So that one, it, it's another uh, It's instrumental, and it's really just like a, the precursor for the track coming up.
2: Right. Okay, sick. Actually um explain. Yes. I I
3: wrote about probably three different versions of that song in the last 15 years. Really? Yeah. Um one is the waltz that you heard on the album, one of them is heavy that you can find somewhere on YouTube, and one of them is just a piano track. And we tried forever just to get it to work and it just never worked. And somehow some some way that Waltz just popped in my mind one day he's he's hounding me to do this we call it a haunt at the time
0: mm.
3: he's saying this track haunt I'm saying no I finally give in because like I said the clap <laughs> and it, t- it turned out to be great it turned out to be something I liked um ironically I never finished that track really what you hear the last half of the track is the first half of the track because I never went back to finish it and I forgot completely what I had done Oh shit! And the irony is, I think it makes more sense that way than what I would have actually put to it,
0: because it's but not settled. It's not finished.
3: Right. It doesn't. It doesn't completely resolve itself.
0: And therefore, you can probably do like a sequel, uh, follow up track to that in the future. Or some shit and be like, hey, remember beneath moonlight? This is the other half, bitches. Like that type of thing.
2: Dark <laughs> side of the moon. We actually put out a video for that not soon after Legacy. Oh shit! Really? It's just him in a piano and a big empty hole. Really? Yeah,
0: that's really cool. I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. Being that it's been such a, it's been such a long time since I've listened to this record, and like I just listen to an album every morning, so it it naturally gets gets kind of like washed out of the brain. I'm like, how did that album go again? But at the same time, I know I love the album, and that's really what's important. Um, track seven, we have "To Wander the Earth." What's going on here?
1: So. That is the only track that I have not written lyrics for. Um, That was a song that they had had ready when I joined way back when. And so I just tracked it. He already had the lyrics and I just, I kind of mapped out the patterns with what was written. Um, But my interpretation of the lyrics on that one is really like a descent into losing your mind. Just like the world melting away and, an alter an alternate reality is now before you.
0: Oh shit. Okay. That's awesome, man.
2: And... I have some insight on that one. Uh when um uh, when the original person uh wrote lyrics for it um he had he, he had asked me what kind of idea I'd wanted for it. And um I told him something like um do you guys remember the uh fictional character from the Dean board album Death Court Armageddon have the you know the guy with the cloak. Oh, shit. Yeah. He was called the Wanderer. He's like half-man, half-god, walking the earth after it been raptured and everything. That's pretty much what I asked him to go for, and that's how it turned out.
0: Sweet. No, that's actually really cool. And funny, I'm, I'm like now realizing god damn I'm not original because <laughs> my main character for the the channel is this dude called The Overseer and it's mainly for a band called Worm Shepherd and their Facebook community but I've always loved the idea of like The Overseer like leaking into uh, the album covers of my buddies' bands and just like wait who the fuck is that shrouded character I'm like that's me <laughs> I am The <laughs> Overseer and I, I've been like trying to do that forever now and hopefully I can still do it in the future that'd be so much fun just like very, very Odin-inspired, but also, um, apparently, very similar to uh, Dumu Borgir's The Wanderer. So that's always really fun. And now I have to definitely check this track out again, um, listen to it again, and see if it matches my vibe. <laughs> like, um, but track eight being Where Time Stands Still. Mr. Martin, what is going on here, man? Um,
1: So... It's another instrumental, so um, I'm sure JB will have more to talk about on the musical side of it. Right. As far as the title goes, uh, I'm a huge power metal fan, mm. and Blind Guardian is one of my favorite bands of all time, and that's kind of like um, homage to their song, um, Time Stands Still at the Iron Hill.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. I haven't listened to Blind Guardian. What What would be an album you would recommend by them?
1: Um, Probably Nightfall and Middle Earth.
0: Oh, sick. Okay, so straight up a Lord of the Rings-themed album. The
1: whole album is it's a concept album that tells the story of the Silmarillion.
0: Sick, okay. JB, what uh, commentary and insight do you have for this track?
1: It was best
3: of my knowledge, the first track where keys were written first. Ooh. Um, I had, I was bored, which is never good, and I sat down on the keyboard and just started. I just had this pattern, diga 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 diga. And I wanted that last part to just—I don't know what it was—just that moment in my head. And I was like, "I'm bored. I'm putting this out there." Oh, I wrote it. It was probably a minute and a half, minute, something like that. And Sam heard it, and I'm not sure how it got to where it was, but that's, to my knowledge, that's the first and maybe the only track where the keys were written
2: quite a bit before the guitars and drums got their hands on it the reason uh i remember when we was trying to make it heavier i asked him what the roots were for like a bass track and then i had james come up to like different power chords and the single note stuff and then this abruptly just ended to go into something else because it it was it was meant to be used on the last record as an opening track but it didn't happen that way
0: oh shit okay yeah. and i mean uh jb was there like so you said that when it comes to you, like, writing music, which we talked about before, you think of the music and you think of what you're doing more as, like, numbers and stuff. Was there, like, any type of visual going on when you were doing Where Time Stands Still? Did it, like, end up aligning with the uh, with the other two uh, impressions upon the song?
3: Um, if you talk about, you know, kind of imagery with it, yes, um, I never had a name for it. Mm. They ended up calling it Where Time Stands Still. I never had a name for it. But the one thing that I, I could see in my head over and over and over was civilization, a, a, a growing civilization to where I didn't have the title to go by, but I actually released that some point in time on a YouTube channel forever. I don't know when. Right. And um, I just did a, you know, like a Canva type videos for it, little short snippets. And all of it is buildings and traffic and bridges and 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 cars and because when you listen to it i end, i ended that with a video of being a, of a subway okay because that's kind of what i was getting at was time moves so fast and it was uh, ironic to me when they called it time stand still because i was yeah like the exact opposite was it just never stops and i think that for me when i put it together <laughs> those things go hand in hand like I know I had no idea what the title was.
0: Right. You know, that's that's actually really ironic how it ended up.
3: It was very ironic because I wanted it to I wanted it to show a fact, I think I called it hello. The, point, uh, the name of the track was Hello. I think I remember that. And it was just because once you say hello to somebody, you might might see them five years later, but you remember them. Time just goes and goes and goes. Yes. And then eventually it just stops. And I guess that's where they got the idea. Was it stand
0: still too? Yeah, no, that's actually really cool. And I mean, <laughs> if if nothing else, like even if it is just an instrumental people, there's always a story behind it. And that's why we do this type of shit. Cause that was that's really cool how that ended up working out. How the, the track of it ended up like contradicting your original purposes, your original intentions with the song, and you know, you had your multiple incarnations of the song, and then the final product was delivered, which doesn't even resolve itself. Really, really cool. Really awesome detail in the music. So, track nine, we have Enigmatic InDesign. I almost mispronounced that. <laughs> Everybody
1: does. <laughs> <laughs> so that one, um, I got really stoned one night and <laughs> I was watching a documentary on Black Holes. So literally the song is just about what it would be like to cross the event horizon, you know, Ooh. like kind of what you can imagine what it could be like getting stretched so thin that just time goes on forever and yeah. you're being stretched that in time. So you never really get through. Uh, it's, it's just a little bit of marijuana and nerdism.
0: <laughs> hey, yo, it works if it makes music. And if it makes music like the human tragedy has provided, that's actually really cool. Have any of you gentlemen had the opportunity to uh, see Interstellar? Cause I haven't, but I'm curious. I have. Okay, all of you have okay.
2: Me and him went and seen it opening night, and we were so pissed off oh, yeah. because it was recorded in IMAX and like um eleven, like I think seven one, and half the fucking speakers didn't work, and it was like, Oh, it sucked. <laughs> you could barely hear things in a wrote, man. We couldn't hear nothing Hans wrote because it's like it was like Everything was like paying to the left. I'm like, man, fuck.
0: ah, that sucks, it's like, it's, man. It's like it's meant to
3: be space, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, the way he wrote that was very spacious, yeah, the, not yeah. half yeah, space, okay, right, left, right, right, not even a center track. It was just right there. Oh, my so god, we could hear was like a whispered Matthew McConaughey and an occasional organ. That was, <laughs> that yeah, that's all we got. Yeah, this that is sucks.
1: Sucks. This, this is what pretty. We're we're gonna do now, is we're gonna fly through space. <laughs>
0: oh that's fucking hilarious i'm so sorry that you guys didn't end up getting to hear the the music like your first time sitting in the theater oh my god like i I think it's i think it's discomforting being in a theater when the seats are like too compact or when like it's not that quiet or when like this the sound in general all the speakers are working but like it's not as good as it could be like the bass drops aren't there or whatever meanwhile you guys are like we only heard Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking oh, sucks, <laughs> man. And that's an iconic film. I still have yet to see it, but I really want to. I think um, all we
3: caught was his accent, to be honest with you. I don't think we heard anything else besides that. All right. You know, that, that accent <laughs> is all we really heard.
0: Hey, that's that's Matthew McConaughey for you. That's that's all right, all right, all right. <laughs>
2: like, that, that that movie is so good though. I mean, everything good. about it, it, it's so good. I'm looking forward to Chris Nolan's new movie, Oppenheimer
0: oh yeah that's
2: gonna be good about the atomic bomb uh yeah
0: (laughs) jb's like i don't fucking know (laughs) bro it's okay though i mean sometimes it's 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 very exhausting trying to keep up with the world so i i completely understand it so it's track 10 we have harbringer of all that you fear like that's another great title i love that what's going on here though
1: so that one um I've got some friends that have uh, been in the military and kind of given me their take on what it was like, you know, at war. So basically that song is, there's like like a force or an entity that's there that you can't help but notice on a battlefield because everybody's scared to death and there's dying and suffering all around so this force is the harbinger of all that you fear
0: damn yeah war sucks <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> no one no one ever wins in war bro just a little just
0: a, just just a, just a little sucks and swallows so what, what do so <laughs> you think about war damn.
2: sucks <laughs> it sucks
0: <laughs> it sucks <laughs> no that's uh and so like essentially this ended up being kind of like your impression upon what you're what they were telling you right yeah,
1: yeah, just kind of like how I I can visualize, you know, what I'm interpreting from their words and things like that. Um, there's like a line in the song just to kind of paint a visual of it. It's like um, where I say, uh, in the middle of talking right now, so I'm not, I don't have, it's gonna be like verbatim, but it's right as the as the body fall as the body falls, fire another round. So it's basically saying you don't have time to think, you just have time to kill yeah that's that's all that you can really do
0: which like yeah i've i've i remember being like born and raised and my dad was trying to get me into like the navy and the army and shit i'm like no dude i don't want to kill anybody for a living that's like that's not i (laughs) don't want to do that (laughs) like that's fucked and absolutely all the all the respect to all of those who do serve because i mean i know none of them want to kill either like, and if they do, that's because they're a berserker and it's like, good for you, we'll send you out first. <laughs> like that type of thing. But um track eleven being opus number one. Is this another instrumental? No. No, it's it's it's
1: probably the most positive song I've ever written.
0: Okay. But it, it was
1: also one of those songs that like I really just threw the lyrics together really fast to try to to get the song done so we could get it out right um but it's it's basically just it embodies the idea of constantly moving forward regardless of any negativity that's thrown your way or any obstacles that pop up in your way just just the constant tunnel vision to the goal and it's spun in a positive way even though it sounds like a demon screaming it at you
0: well i mean that's that's always good is to keep a positive note despite what is the human tragedy and that's just like what we end up inflicting upon the world inflicting (laughs) upon each other like you got to have some type of ambition and you got to have some type of goal despite all that so that's that's really good um second to last track track 12 johnny Um, i want
2: to ask you about what does that mean uh success will not be determined what does that
1: mean well, it's, it's only half the line. It's success will not be determined by those who doubt. So that's uh, talking about the negativity that's thrown your way. It's not what's going to determine if you're successful or not. I love it.
0: Yeah, I do too. That's great. We have the closing track, which is 12 minutes long. I remember this one. I'm like, holy shit, this is 12 minutes. <laughs> like, um, That being a vile transformation. To conclude the album, what do we got going on here lyrically, Mr. Martin?
1: Well, this one's definitely the most um personal to me. It's about uh an, well, not really an ex, we weren't ever an official thing, but it was about a chick. And uh <laughs> she was she was one of them witchy chicks, and which so one. there's a lot of there's a lot of verbiage in there about um candles and spells and mm. Turning from an angel into a demon, which is kind of a spinoff of what her name was, is oh, cool. whatever. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's a slut slicer song. <laughs> slut slicer,
3: oh God. <laughs> <laughs> slut slicer, just like that's that's that's, that's a that's, that's the next album title. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The, we are the human tragedy this is sword
1: slicer like
0: <laughs>
1: but um oh, so Sam Sam you can explain um the length of the song because exactly because yeah. there's a hidden track on there
0: that's right there is totally forgot about that yeah the hidden
2: track is something that um I was just just messing around. I just I knew like two minor chords, and that's that's pretty much all that is. I, I wrote that in, in my bedroom for like over three days, and then I just wanted to put some some something over it so it wasn't so boring. And I found um, Ian McKellen was was speaking at at some college, and um, it was some poem or something, and I pretty much just ripped the audio. I thought and... it was.
1: I, I thought I remember you telling me back in the day that it was um he was doing like an excerpt from some shakespeare or something
2: I, I think it was shakespeare yeah so i i ripped the audio from a video and then imported it cleaned it up chopped it up and just made it fit
0: that's really cool and i mean what a great way to end a record it's just like hey surprise there's more like, whatever, special, yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever
2: shakespeare poem it was like they were uh it had to do with uh killing people in in, in the middle of the street or something in France or somewhere. I
1: I don't remember the exact. And and I I have a kind of an interpretation about that. And to me, I think what, if it was Shakespeare, I'm not sure if it was, but if it was, I think they were probably experiencing a lot of the things that we're experiencing now because history just repeats itself. But I think, you know, dealing with their own form of like what cancer culture is now or cancer,
0: cancel culture it is cancer culture. cancer
1: <laughs> it really is but i kind of feel like that's what he's talking about because like he he quotes uh, like what he's saying is you would put down strangers kill them and it's all because they're different you know and it's it's just talking about like just butting heads to a degree that you can't come back from you know and i think that it has a lot of tones that can reverberate through what we're experiencing today
0: yeah no I mean history yeah that's 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 enough said on it's own history repeats itself and like I don't even know man like there there have been so many terrible things that have repeated it's like you wonder why people just let these things keep happening oh wait it's because they don't care Um, and like that's it's part that's, of the human tragedy of, it's part of the human tragedy if fucking exactly dude so that has been the under the skin session for legacy of extermination after wanting to do that since really the first podcast session and now we're finally here we did that and dissecting this album has been a pleasure really as well as hosting the human tragedy on the anatomy podcast once more as we com- become closer and closer buddies as time continues because this has been um, just like you guys are great musicians you're great people you got great ambitions you're accomplishing amazing things with your music and um i am definitely here for, yeah of course i'm definitely here for the long run um so as we wrap up this episode of the anatomy podcast is there anything else you gentlemen were wanting to mention before we go ahead and wrap up session
1: you guys got anything
0: uh we're still trying to figure out what
2: we want to do this year obviously um i hope i mean i'm sure we'll play out some this year but i I don't know if it'd be as much as last year uh i definitely want to put i definitely want to put out some new music i definitely want to do another video um we'll just have to wait and
1: see because all things are in progress
2: yeah because i i'm in a different place than where i was the first time you had me on this on this podcast so i'm trying to I'm trying to manage the time a little bit better so my life doesn't fall apart at home
0: right completely understood ben you got to take care of yourself you got to take care of your personal life before it's like you know you're investing more than your own personal and your musical like as much as you want to be an artist as much as we all want to be artists you got to prioritize your mental health you got to prioritize the situation when it needs to be prioritized so absolutely kudos to you for um taking the time to get that done even if we if, even if it means if it meant that the podcast session was delayed a little bit like oh boo fucking who bro everybody's got their own personal lives they got to deal with their shit so absolutely thank you gentlemen for jumping on the podcast jb and johnny thank you guys for jumping on for your first time and um next time once we get the human tragedy back on again um, the aim will be to have James join us as well as we then conclude the Human what? Tragedy edition of the Anambi podcast. I look forward to it. I'm excited to um, cover the rest of the story for this band. And uh, otherwise, ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned for the next episode. And uh, buenos freaking noches, dude. Kanbanwa. <laughs> I think. <laughs>